Always. Did you just, just dab and crack your neck at the same time? <laughs> no, I was just trying to crack my neck. And dab at the same time. No. <laughs> Welcome back to Shaking Not Scared. Here with you as always, your hosts, Eric and Vivi. How are you, Vivi? I'm really excited, Beach. Why? Because we're covering one of my favorites today. Is it still your favorite? Um, I actually, after watching it, well, first of all, we're talking about The Conjuring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still like it, but watching it with you, I don't know if it was because you were pointing out things in it, <laughs> made me realize some parts are pretty corny. I think it's because it's very prominent in the rest of them, and I've thought about it in later movies didn't i probably didn't think about it back in 2013 when i first saw this one because i do yeah. remember it being really good mm-hmm. i was in college and i think you said you were in high school i was fresh out of high school yeah. yeah and i remember it being like really good i was like creeped out by stuff but yeah this time it wasn't very creepy and i think it's because of the very obvious things that come later and we can talk about those later yeah but how are you today good it's been a good week uh, last week was my birthday as you guys know and um, actually i think this is like a couple episodes ahead of your birthday oh, like two is. episodes oh. after well it was actually my birthday <laughs> the, for real in the middle time. of the week yeah last week and uh we also went to see the marvel exhibit for those of you who are in the chicagoland area the museum of science and industry has a marvel exhibit that's pretty cool so if you have time and want to go check it out go now because everything's like sold out actually by the time i think we release this episode it'll be like a couple weeks later and it will probably be sold out because i think it's booked till july 31st yeah i don't know when it ends so september okay so you have some time maybe (laughs) but i also got vaccinated we did that for your birthday and you got vaccinated for your birthday i guess vaccinated vaccinated yeah so for my birthday (laughs) maybe up for it next week hopefully but do you want to talk about the creepy content we've been consuming this week. Yeah, I think you should start because yours is creepier. Oh, I guess mine's could be kind of cheesy too. It's funny how horror and like the line between horror and being cheesy is so such a fine line. But I've been watching a couple of things. I watched The Ritual on Netflix, a horror movie that I kept seeing recommended as good. Don't know if you want to watch it. Don't know if you, we want to talk about it in a later episode. But it reminded me a lot of The Descent. Instead of an all-women's cast, it was an all-males cast, and then they went hiking instead. There's no caves? It's just hiking? Just hiking, and there's cabins, and there's rituals, as the title implies. And the monster in the film actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. I don't want to, like, spoil it in case you're going to watch it. Okay. No, I do want to watch it. But there's probably a really good point in making movies like that, because I think I told you when we were picking The Descent, there's also another movie called The Ruins, but it's also something similar. It's like a bunch of tourists go to the ruins over in uh, South America or something, and they get killed by something in the ruins. And it's just that idea, I guess, of going somewhere and not knowing what's there. It's just a precautionary tale telling you that you should just not live an active lifestyle. Look, It'll get you murdered. Look, it's not enough. It's not, you're not going to prove me <laughs> It's wrong. worth it. I'm going to go. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I was watching was, um, also on Netflix, there's the Haunted series and there's the, I'm going to say American version because they titled this one the Latin American series and it's all in Spanish. And I was watching the first couple episodes. I think I have one episode left. I keep putting it on before bed and then falling asleep and then having to start them over. I've started them over like a million times. Oh, I've seen the episodes 30 million times and you haven't because you go to sleep asleep. and I'm awake yeah. <laughs> and it's just on in the background for me. So what do you think about that? <laughs> do you really want to know? I 
I found them kind of cheesy. Some stories are better than others. I think that's also kind of the case with the haunted U.S. version. Yeah, what do you think? Well, I told you what I thought about the U.S. one, so that the Spanish one's not that much better for me. Because I think I, the effects in the American one are a little better. You think so? Yeah. You think they'd make the newer well, one Well, like, okay, just going based off the first episode, I think in horror movies and shows, when you show the monster or the creepy thing head-on at first, it's no longer scary, you know? Mm. I feel like you got to build up to it a little bit. So ramped up. Yeah, in and, the first one. And in the first episode, you kind of see everything creepy that happens like right away and you're just like, eh. But in the American one, they kind of like make it like a build. Yeah. What I don't like about it is that the premise is kind of like, okay, so these people have experienced these things and we're going to reenact them. And I don't believe any of what the people say. I think you brought up there was one where like their uncle or something was a serial killer. And so that one is obviously believable. Yeah, one, it was it was their father. father. And they grew up with that. And that's insane to think. But that's something that could really happen. That, yeah, that's something that's believable. But when you talk about these problematic people, I mean, I think we, we were watching something else yesterday where, you know, something's happened to you. You were heavily distraught by something. Traumatized. It might just be some trauma that you're kind of channeling into this medium uh, maybe purposely, maybe indirectly, but a lot of people do this stuff, and I think that's why it's hard to believe anyone that they try to sensationalize what they experience, and you don't know if it's for fame or for for real. Yeah, and I think these people are very obviously just trying to get on TV for Netflix, or Netflix is just trying to find these random people and like this sells though. This is like a premise that is not new. Another thing, I guess that's creepy. It's a podcast I've listened to for like weeks now, though. It's also in Spanish. It's Relatos de la Noche, mm-hmm. and it's it's basically this dude reads people's scary interactions, paranormal interactions from Latin America, and I don't know what it is because I've listened to podcasts like this in English, but in Spanish, it is ten times creepier. I think it's because it's like you imagine Mexico as this very rural, very very small towns. There is not a lot of people sometimes. It wouldn't be too far-fetched to believe something creepy is happening. I would believe people who are more from the outskirts than I would from people who are, like, closer to the cities. And I say that because, you're right, rural Mexico, those people have their their stories that could be real or fake. And I say this because I went to Mexico two years ago, right? And mm-hmm. there's things that do happen that seem uncanny. And I think when you look for things like that and uh, you do believe in this kind of thing, it's it, not a wonder why some people believe these things can actually happen. You sound in, like a real skeptic here. Uh, well, I say it because things have happened to me that I'm like, wow, that's this is why people believe. But I personally am like, no, there's got to be a reason. I just you don't rationalize know it. it. Yeah, because so what, one thing I've told you and other friends is that time that I was hanging out with my cousin's family somewhere. And so we were talking about that. It was like 2 a.m. And this old lady walked by in the street and waved at us. And the direction she was going, there was nothing in that direction. It was pitch black. There was The only thing that was in that direction was this cemetery, which is called El Panteón. And past that, it was like black, like, you know, pitch black road. And the nearest town was like, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes so away. You're so like, where, where was she hell? going? <laughs> yeah. And if she was going to the Panteon, like, okay, great. But why would you do it at 2 a.m.? And we were there for a really long time and she never came back. So Ooh. I'm like, where did she go? And then these other cars would just show up or people on motorcycles would just ride that way. And I'm like, where are they going at 2 a.m. that they need to go right now? That is terrifying. What if it wasn't even real people? It was just. Yeah. And everyone's kind of just <laughs> acting like it's normal. But, you know, it's weird to see that and not know where they're going. And then. Yeah, you know, that could be super creepy. This old lady, like, who was she? Why'd she go that way? Why and did so, she come back? 
you think of that, you think of other people experiencing those kinds of things of like, oh, I saw this in the dark and I saw this creature or, you know, there's a lot of uh, urban yeah. legends in Mexico that... Oh, for sure. You know, La Llorona, El Cucuy. Like <laughs> so many I've heard in this um, podcast too, Relatos de la Noche, of like, they sound like cryptids and creepypasta monsters, honestly, but what people describe. It's cool. Mm. What did you do this week that was creepy? So, Vivi made fun of me because I was going to bring up Attack on Titan again because it's like the third Enough. or fourth week. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. You're getting through it. It takes me too long to watch shows, but it's getting good. So keep watching it if you're still watching. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other, the actual new thing I've got is I started playing this game called Doom. And I explained to you that I it's an old game and it was remade in 2016. I think the last time that there was a Doom was Doom 3. I was reading up, I think it's 2014 is when Doom 3 came out. But the original one is, you know, super old. And if you look at pictures, it's funny to see like 8-bit monsters. But they recreated it in 2016, basically as an, a space marine that's battling demonic forces from hell because some portal opened up uh, that was unleashed by the Union Aerospace Corporation within their mining facility on Mars. So space and demons. Combined. Combined. Scary. Frightening. I've seen you play it. It's more like gory than anything. It's like a, you're just a kick-ass shooter person kicking demon butt and, you know, ripping arms off and slapping them with their own arm and... Yeah, it's like funny because it looks like you're playing like something like a Star Wars game that you've played in the past, but then there's like demonic imagery out of nowhere in this spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot of different kinds of monsters you can fight. There's one that literally looks like a devil. It's a, it's huge and red and has horns. You can like rip its horn off and stab it in the eye with it. Yeah, it's it's, it's very gory. <laughs> it's more action than horror. Mm -hmm. But I was telling you about this other game. Maybe I'll play it and talk about it on a later episode. There's this game called Dead Space, and that one is truly horrifying. Uh, it's kind of like Resident Evil in space, and you know if you don't kill the monsters correctly, they they can come back. So you're racing against the time of the, the monsters coming back. That's what's nerve wracking with with those kinds of games, those survival games. I think all survival games are just stressful. Yeah. <laughs> Vivi throws up. I do not. You do with I, the spinning. You, that's you. <laughs> You're like the most chaotic thing ever. <laughs> and you like will just spin around in these games that already have warnings of motion sickness. <laughs> so bad to the point that you did make me throw up one time. Yeah, I didn't know that that was a real thing. When it says like... You Warning, didn't believe you them. will throw up. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> what weak little person would do that? <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. Doom. I'm about to finish it. So I think we'll move on to Doom Eternal next, which is the sequel. Nice. So should we talk about the cocktail for the week? Yeah. Tell us about it. So, Looks cool. <laughs> it was supposed to look cooler. This this was a complete fail. <laughs> I didn't prep in time. But when I think of The Conjuring, like, so obviously there's the witch but we're also doing like a witch movie next week. So I kind of wanted to save like a witch themed drink for next week. And I kind of, um, I saw this drink on Pinterest and I was like, this looks so cool. And it kind of reminds me of the color scheme of the movie, which is why I picked it. It's a white and it's got blackberries in it. So it's like kind of like a black and white type drink. It's called Full Moon Martini. And the premise is that you're supposed to freeze in one of those round ice thingies <laughs> for whiskey. What are they called? Silicone uh, things. The ice molds. Oh, uh, like, what are you looking for? <laughs> Thanks for helping me out there, man. <laughs> the ice molds. You fill it with uh, coconut cream and you're supposed to freeze it for overnight, I would say, because I did not leave it in the fridge enough and it kind of came out like mush. And the premise is you um, shake some vodka in ice. You chill your vodka a little bit, I guess. 
I don't know if this is super necessary. Mm. And then you pour it over the ice and it's like gradually melting and the drink mixes as you sip it. Oh, that's cool. But uh, that's not what happened. It came out all mushy and then I just added the vodka on top and then it overflowed in the cup because I didn't get the right cup. So I was like sipping the vodka off <laughs> pure vodka off the rim so it wouldn't overflow you asked me to do the same i think that's why i made that face because you said don't give me feedback and i was like mm. but I think you gave me the all the feedback all the already so do you want to try it for real this time okay you're like no god no that's really good kind of tastes like a pina colada but it but almost like a paleta like a paleta i don't even taste too much alcohol it's very good if you like paletas yeah it tastes like a paleta de coco mm-hmm. with vodka so, I mean, it tastes good. It just does not look as pretty as it was supposed to. Hopefully, by the time we get the photos up, I've, like, nailed it. Yeah. Um, it is a good drink for a, such a hot day. It's refreshing. And, again, it's not my drink, so I'm going to post the creator of this drink probably in the show notes. And, honestly, she I went to her page, and she has, like, a ton of cool Halloween creepy-based cocktails. So, I might be using her post for inspiration in the future if I don't Sweet. fuck it up like this yeah. one. <laughs> oh, what would you rate it? I'd rate it a three and a half, actually. Yeah, I'd also give it a three. If you like coconut, it just tastes like coconut. Mm-hmm. It looks like coconut cream I mean, the way that you served it, but I'm sure the original look is supposed to be cooler. It is. <laughs> <laughs> tastes good. So try it. That's pretty good for like today that it's like 70 degrees out. Yeah, we'll sit on the porch later after we're done with this. <laughs> yeah. So how do you want to do this? Do you want me to give background first or do you want to give a summary first? I'll give a summary. We're looking at imdb.com. Go to IMDb. Yep. They say, paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren work to help a family terrorized by a dark presence in their farmhouse. All right. Also, I just want to say, I probably should have said this at the beginning. Eric has pointed out to me something disturbing. Disturbing? Yeah. Apparently, I've been saying, pegs the question for like the last 10 freaking episodes. Shout out to episode 10. Yeah. And that is not... The phrase, apparently it's begs the question. Both don't make sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) But I've decided I am going to keep saying pegs the question, and I'm just going to anally probe some questions. Deal with it. Yeah, I'm going to (laughs) die on this hill. (laughs) I'm not changing who I am. (laughs) I said what I said. I said what I said for the past (laughs) 10 episodes. (laughs) Now that you've pegged the question, could I peg the question as to what this movie is really about? Yeah, so... For those who don't know or aren't into, like, the horror world, the Warrens are actually real-life people. They are paranormal investigators, demonologists, whatever you want to call them. I think we mentioned them on one of the last episodes when we talked about them collecting haunted objects. Mm-hmm. But they they are essentially the driving force behind all these movies. The Conjuring, Annabelle. None. The Nun. It's a whole cinematic universe universe for them. And this is one of the stories of the cases they covered. This movie is interesting because I kind of remember it when it was being promoted. It was promoted heavily with Annabelle. And Annabelle does not really have a prominent role. It's almost kind of like, what does she have to do with any of it? But I I guess they were just setting up the Annabelle stories that come later. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about Annabelle in another episode. We'll probably watch it. Yeah. But this story of the haunted farmhouse is actually about the Perrin family and um, the daughter. Is that, is that how you pronounce it? I, keep writing I it. don't know. I keep writing it. Perron. I seriously doubt that's how this family's last <laughs> name is pronounced. But 
There is quite a bit of information. The oldest daughter actually wrote a book about her experience here. As in it being true or fake? True. She claims everything was true. Um, there are several podcasts. Actually, one of the podcasts that I got a lot of information on is Creep Street Podcast, I believe. Again, I'll link it in the show notes. I feel like they did a pretty good job summarizing if you want to get more details. Because I'm just going to go kind of quick. Mm-hmm. It's the story of the Perrin family. They moved into this 14-room farmhouse. Jesus Christ. Amazing. I know you have 10 kids, but damn. That's still a lot of rooms. You got five kids. Three of them are sleeping in the same room. Exactly. They're all <laughs> sharing rooms. They move in January 1971 in Harrisville, Rhode Island. So the mother claims that the haunting started pretty small. Rooms would go missing. Dirt piles would appear in the center of like rooms she cleaned and things of that nature. The oldest daughter, Andrea, claims that you would smell rotting flesh at random places throughout the house. So the thing that's like kind of interesting is the movie makes it seem like the occurrences in this house happen over the course of like a couple months, right? But they actually lived in this house for 10 years. And I believe they were two years into living here before they actually came in contact with the Warrens at all. And in the film, it's portrayed that they were all very welcoming and had a good relationship with the Warrens, but that was not actually the case. The father, uh, George, was actually really against the presence of the Warrens because it seemed to agitate what was ever going on in the house. Um, most of the parts are similar. So a big driving force in this movie is the witch Bathsheba, who was a real person and did have a child. And the child did die, but it was never proven and she was never taken to trial if she was the one that killed the child. In the film, they claim that she did, did sacrifice she it to Satan. <laughs> you know, it's said that she did commit suicide, but not until the age of like 80 something. Like she lived a long life after mm-hmm. the, you know, the incident with the infant. So imagine like you are this woman and like hundreds of years later, you've been like demonized like crazy. Because, like, what if her child died? Like, children died all the time back in the day. Yeah, because of sickness and, you know, maybe, you know, birth. Because it sounds like it was, like, a newborn baby, right? Yeah. So it's hard to get, like, clear sources because I'm also on this website called allthatsinteresting.com. I think we've used them before. I think so. And they kind of have, like, a quick snippet that I was reviewing They claim that the mother did research on the house and found out that before them, the family who owned it had lived there for eight generations and they all died in like horrific ways. Like children had drowned in the the pond out front and things of that nature. But there, I don't believe there's actual like historic evidence to back that up, back that claim up. Yeah. So the Warrens were actually not there for a long time. They kind of went in and decided to do a seance. I know in the film it's like a full-on exorcism, but they just performed a seance that freaked out the husband so much because he believed it was affecting the wife's mental state. And he kicked them out and never invited them back in the house again. And again, they lived in this house for 10 years. The oldest daughter claims for financial reasons. I believe she actually does an interview on another podcast. Again, just look up the parent family on anything you listen to and you could find a bunch of information. But That's just kind of like a quick back view actually the children also enjoyed some of the spirits in the house actually did find them to be friends and did not want them to be exercised when the warrens came so Mm. just to kind of tell you how different it is from the movie that's very different yeah (laughs) at the end it's like a super happy ending Mm -hmm. it's not anything like that and it's portrayed that the warrens had like a really good relationship with the family which was not the case the husband did not want them there they even go for ice cream yeah it's good times well thanks for the snippet so if you want to learn more, you can 
follow some of the stuff that Vivi posts in the show notes. Yeah, I will add show notes, more detailed podcasts. Again, I feel like we've been talking forever and we haven't even started the movie yet. I know. Let's jump into it if you mm. are, if you're ready. So mm. The Conjuring 2013, directed by James Wan. Opening scene. It's the 60s and some, it looks like three women who live together. Two women and a man. They're all roommates, it seems. Really? I don't remember the man. I thought they were just three women. Well, because it focuses more on the two nurses having this experience. Okay. Yeah, so they're reaching out to the Warrens because they're experiencing something going on with this Annabelle doll. Uh, the Annabelle doll, the girls think that something's going on with it because a woman or a girl named Annabelle Higgins died in the apartment. Uh, and one of them, or all of them, gave her permission to live in the doll. That being said... Uh, they left her in a spare room. When they come back from work, I'm assuming, the Annabelle doll is outside the room with crayons in her hand. And they open the door. The room is completely destroyed. There's writing all over the wall. And it says, miss me? Mm-hmm. Question mark. So they freak out. One of them grabs the doll, goes outside, throws it in the dumpster. Does the logical thing. Yep. There's knocking on the doors. The girls are getting freaked out. They look inside or they look outside. There's no one there. They come back in. The doll is there waiting for them. Mm-hmm. So they call the Warrens. Warren said, well... You it's... shouldn't have invited something to stay inside this doll. I would also like to point out that um, the director who directed this first Conjuring movie also directed Insidious, which Patrick Wilson's also in. So I think he just likes Patrick Wilson. He's a good actor. Yeah. I like him in most things. He's, a, he's Night Owl in The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, I think he plays like a super cool dude in the... I think he plays the bad guy in A-Team. He's in a lot of stuff. You'd think he'd be more he'd, well known, right? I was thinking, I was like, why hasn't he been in like a superhero movie? You'd think, But oh, he has. Well, I guess, yeah, he's Night Owl, but... <laughs> <laughs> sense. And he has, because he's in Aquaman. Oh, yeah, Aquaman's right. brother. Okay, so I'll take that back. He yeah. A more memorable character. <laughs> <laughs> the actual, like, main hero. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it, but he plays a Catholic Christian superhero in this oh, yeah. movie. I pointed this out for you, and you said it was not the same. Everywhere. It was not. So, <laughs> but so they're basically like you gave her permission to enter your lives. It's not a good spirit or an Annabelle Higgins. Yeah, they know. say ghosts don't ask permission to enter vessels, which is kind of like I think the opposite of what I've always heard that ghosts just attach themselves to things are they saying that they don't have to ask permission they just do it but demons need to ask permission yeah Mm. that's what it is so the next scene after that it's kind of just uh, focuses on Annabelle and it's like creepy whatever and then they're just it's 1971 take take her away and it's it's really just an introduction to the Warrens and the kind of job they do Mm -hmm. they take the Annabelle doll it's 1971 you know a couple years later and they're teaching a class seems like the Warrens are teaching classes in Harrisville, Rhode Island, right? Yeah. And so the the local school has them teaching these classes, and the kids are asking, you know, what do you do? Because they're demonstrating a couple things. And I think they were demonstrating that specific case to them. They, like, stopped the real. Yes, they were. And so the the Warrens say, you know, you can call us demonologists, ghost hunters, whatever it is, but this is what we do. It then moves on to the family, and you're introduced Mm -hmm. to, I don't know what their last name is in the movie. Is it the Perone as well? Yeah. Okay, so they're introduced to the family. And they're kind of, you know, it's kind of like the movie has a lot of parallels, I think, to Amityville Horror. And then it's like a family moving into this giant house for some damn reason. For some reason, it's suddenly become affordable to this family that has had financial issues. It's the premise of every (laughs) horror movie. They're moving in. Dog doesn't want to enter the front door. Yeah, and I was going to say, after seeing so many horror movies, if my dog refuses to enter a home, I'm going to be like, no. To the point where, like... I think the first 10, 15 minutes, she's just barking outside and just will not go inside the Mm -hmm. house. Sadly, she dies. Super quickly after like one night in the house. I'd be like, oh, Loki doesn't want to get in here? Like, what are we doing wrong? I I don't know if I would immediately assume demon or fucked up house, but it is weird. (laughs) 
So this is why we need to get more dogs. Because Loki gets sensitive sometimes and refuses to do things. I need a dog that, like, is not so dramatic so they can straight up tell me <laughs> if things are haunted. <laughs> With Loki, I wouldn't know if he's just being dramatic. He's just going to sit there with his eyes, his ears back and just look at you like... Yeah. But so Sadie doesn't want to go into the house. And uh, they're kind of like, whatever. Sadie, stay outside then. The kids are kind of going around. Immediately, uh, one of them finds a creepy music box outside. You hate music boxes. I I just, I don't know. There there are certain things that are very creepy to me. One of them is dolls. And music boxes also weird me out because they will randomly start playing music. They will. When you haven't touched them. And I don't like that. <laughs> but so, yeah, the kid finds the music box. And the, the one of the daughters keeps complaining about how it's super cold. Mm-hmm. And it smells like crap. It reeks in here. Um, the kids are playing Clap and Go Seek, which apparently is a game. What a play. weird game. What a specific game that you invented here <laughs> i never played this as a kid it's kind of like marco polo you put a blindfold on and you play hide and go seek which already is difficult but while they're playing this one of the girls gets a little too aggressive and tackles her sister rocks her into the wall and creates a hole well the hole was already there they just found it because of that oh i thought she created it from how hard she got hit it was already there and she like pushed her back and it loosened the board okay of one of them and then the dad goes in and is like what the hell is this using matches lights his way and it's, it turns out it's a whole cellar Filled with stuff. Which is weird because... uh, When you buy the house, you imagine they would tell you that's there. Or you would ask, like, okay, so we have friends who recently were doing house hunting. Also told us some terrifying stories. (laughs) They did. We could talk about those at a different time. But you would would ask the question of, like, okay, so if there's a basement or is there a crawl space, what's the... I think when you... I don't know if this is the case in the 70s, but when you buy a house, I think you get, like, a layout and a plat of, like, what... The place kind of looks like. Yeah, I think you do whenever you buy a house. I don't know how long that's been a practice. I imagine a while because of reasons like this, probably. So there's a plot hole because once they do go down there, the next morning they're talking about how cold it is. And the guy's like, I'm going to go check the furnace. And the furnace is in that place that they just stumbled upon. That you didn't know about. So (laughs) you didn't go to the house asking where the furnace is. You're just like, I don't know where the furnace is. I'll figure it out at some point. And then you just happen to have a kid just (laughs) run through it and through the boards also it. why would the cellar be boarded up right so that's the question they ask the next morning after this has happened the mother notices that the clocks are stopping at 307 in the morning on the dot and she's got a bruise on her leg next scene is like insight on the warrens home yeah so you get introduced to that room because i think it's like a reporter is asking them questions about their work and what are all these haunted objects why do you keep them here what keeps you guys safe and he kind of they look at the animal doll and he kind of asks like what happened to your wife at that last exorcism. And there's this allusion to something that occurred in some previous event, right? Mm-hmm. Ed is kind of like it's complicated because it's basically implied that Lorraine is a medium. Is a clairvoyant, I believe, is the word they use. So she had an experience of some previous exorcism that almost cost her her life. Mm-hmm. And so they have this knowledge. And so the reporter's kind of ask him, but he, he he gets done with the interview. And Ed's kind of like, eh, I think he's not as skeptic as others that have come. You know what I thought was interesting? And I guess it makes sense of like this. We were kind of talking about it last week, I think, the like haunted collectors. Mm-hmm. He asked, like, why don't you destroy the items why keep them and he's like that only destroys the vessel not what's in it and sometimes it's better to keep the genie in the bottle and i'm like what an interesting concept that there are objects holding demonic things spirits or whatever and they can be released like by accident and you wouldn't even know yeah unleashing something what we're saying here is that you should just all be hoarders and never get rid of anything because you could potentially be throwing a demon out yes (laughs) that is exactly what we're saying (laughs) (laughs) 
But so yeah, he kind of just implies that they're safe because they know how to take care of these items, and so they and they bless room. them and yada yada yada. Yeah, you see different objects in there. What I what I feel bad about. So you kind of again get introduced to the Warren family. They have a daughter who is alone a lot because he's yeah. The Warrens are always traveling for these calls they get about suspicious things that are going on at people's houses throughout yeah, the when U.S. The Warrens it sounds like actually do meet this family and spend some time with them. They're all like, oh, what an adorable little family. Yada yada. Their kids home alone. And I'm just like, go with home the demon to your kid. Room. Yes, with the <laughs> demon room. And you just left them with her grandma. Like, what's her grandma going to do? No. Yeah, something happens later with her. But I do feel bad because there's even a scene that the daughter is kind of like, I miss you guys. Like, you're never Literally, here. the daughter says, you're not here and I miss you. I'm like, they're not good parents. No. I mean, they, they feel like they have a, a duty, duty to, to serve you know, and help people. but Sure, but then, like, don't have kids that you're going to neglect because of it. I was thinking about that because I was like, that means that there's at some point, there was a point where in their lives they were demon hunting and then had a child. And she was nine months pregnant while and they were demon, demon hunting. hunting. You know? <laughs> what do you do when you call a demon hunter to come help you exercise your son or something and they show up pregnant? And you're like, uh, should you be here? I don't know if this is too intense. For what's going I think on. at that point you take a break until you have the kid, right? Yeah. But I wanted to point out like this thing I noticed and then it was kind of answered in the movie later on. I didn't remember this, but I'm always like, why do hauntings start off so small? So like... He kind of explains it. And he does. Yeah, I, I was going to get to that because it's always like the little things that make you doubt if it's even happening or not. And if I was like living somewhere haunted, I would just want like full on apparition to be like, I'm here, bitch. And I'd be like, cool, I gotta go. But that's probably why they don't just show up because you just <laughs> would leave and they're trying to, like he explains later. Get the party started? Yeah, they're trying to, he calls it. Woo you? In foreplay? Hold on. <laughs> I mean, yes, because they are trying to get inside of you. Yes. He calls it infestation. Oppression and then possession. Insemination. <laughs> That's the last one. That's the one he didn't talk about. Yeah. It's in his school. He can't talk about that one. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just like, why do these hauntings start off so small? But he kind of explained it. Yeah. I mean, we could do a speed run of, like, the little things at the front, kind of like we did with Amityville Horror, because, again, the daughters keeps keep bringing up how it reeks. One of them even makes a joke about the sister Stop farting all the time, which, same with Vivi, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, it smells like farts, and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. But she's like, it reeks, it reeks, and the sister's not even moving, so I don't know if I'd assume the same thing. But We also have um, the uh, creepy sleepwalking kid, and man, oh man, I do find this terrifying. I don't know what it is. You sleep talk, according to your sister. I'm too dead asleep to notice. You also sleep, sleep talk. talk. Yeah. You recite entire TikToks in your sleep. <laughs> You'll also, like, be asleep, snoring, and then wake up and be like, oh, I was in sleep, and then knock right back out. You need to go to sleep more and stop noticing what I'm doing when I'm not sleeping. Okay. <laughs> but well, So, yeah, there's there's a couple things that happen. The mom keeps getting in. bruises. I don't know if you mentioned that already. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> oh, my the God. daughter sees Rory. What? The dead birds flinging themselves. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Do you want to talk about how this happened here when we moved in? It was like within a couple of weeks, right? That It was like the first couple of weeks of the pandemic. Yeah, I was working already from home and my desk is next to one of the windows and I just suddenly heard a doom. We both did. I think we were both actually in the 
dining area. Where are we? We heard a loud thumb. We heard a loud thud. and we It was were, like I had taken a break or something, right? Yeah. This was midday. And we were kind of like, what was that? Did one of the pots fall off the sink or something? Like, it was really loud and we just like kind of forgot about it. And then you came back to work and you were like, oh my gosh. Because <laughs> I was sitting at my desk. Yeah, yeah. I turned to the left and there's like a little patio by that window. And so I looked and there was a dead bird body up on the floor and I was like, oh, no, what happened here? And it was at the beginning of the pandemic, which I think made it creepier. And you were like, we need to burn this whole building down. We do. We need to move immediately. <laughs> and you have a video of it. Maybe we'll post it somewhere. Yeah, we should. It was not a good sign. No, especially with everything going on. It was already creepy that the world was on fire and everyone had to stay home. And then, you know, and then the a virus bird was everywhere. literally unaliving themselves into our window. We think <laughs> it's because they're like clear giant windows. So they mm. don't realize that they have You're to flying. stop. It full on flew full velocity into that window and died. Yeah, because we just had heard the, it wasn't long before I had noticed the dead bird. It was a couple minutes after, after yeah. Yeah. And so. it has happened like one other time since then where a bird has crashed into the window, but that, but that one, one survived. That one wasn't flying full force. Um, the dangers of having windows that are big in your house. <laughs> that one stayed alive, so Woo. You know, hope he's doing well out there somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, he, he stayed on our patio for a while because he, he got he injured. Pretty, pretty dizzy, yeah. <laughs> So yes, birds are crashing into the windows, the the house smells like crap, the toilets aren't working, the dad wakes up to the TV with white noise, there's thumping, the back door keeps opening itself and creaking, right? There's things that are kind of showing signs. The It gets to a point where he like ties the doors together, otherwise they won't stop slamming. It and, comes in threes, apparently, we find out later. And there's this typical like trope that we see a lot in horror movies where the little kid has an imaginary friend, and I friggin' hate this trope. I want to know where's the antisocial kid that meets the ghost, and he's like, I do not want to be your friend. So imaginary friends apparently are very common. My older, or my younger brother had an imaginary friend. Did you know anybody with imaginary friends? I think my sister did, but it was like... Not maybe because I had always watched horror movies. I found it creepy then. I wish I knew more about that kind of thing, though, because I can't imagine being that imaginative that you really see, like, another body. Yeah. Another entity. I mean, and some kids have not just human imaginary friends, but they have, like, other kinds of Animal friends. type. Yeah, mm-hmm. bears, you know. Dead people. But I wonder what the science is behind that, because... Like let's say we had a kid and they had an imaginary friend. I don't no. know that I would. Assume, I don't know that You're I would assume it's a demon or a ghost. You know, I or would. is it? <laughs> or is it? Maybe the science behind it shows that yeah, maybe they, they see spirits and so they think it's a person. Um, I've there's like a lot of I mean, stories it's not science, but. <laughs> in my family of when someone had passed away and then the young kids in the family started seeing that person. So I no, you're not allowed to have an imaginary friend. Children are creepy. In general, like the yeah. sleepwalking, the imaginary friends. Or, or the kids who have lived lives. Oh, past lives. And they're like, do you remember? And I'm like, yeah. oh. We should watch some movies related to children being scary. We have. Literally, like all these movies have had like some form of creepy children. So the friend's name is Rory. Mm-hmm. And she's using the music box. And she says, oh, you want to meet Rory? If you play with the music box. He shows up behind you. When the music ends. Mm-hmm. It's so, a terrifying music box. It's like a circus music box and like a... A swirl in the mirror. Fucking Pennywise looking motherfucker comes out when you... Peeks his eyes out. Yeah. So the mom does play with it. And I like this movie because it, uh, it... I think it was around the time that movies started to kind of try to be tricky about the way that they scare people because they do mm-hmm. these fake scares where it's like you are anticipating it to happen. And then it doesn't happen or it does, but then it doesn't happen enough that then when it really happens, you're startled because you're like, oh man, I wasn't thinking And that. I think that's why a lot of people like this movie because 
so many times it's fake out scenes up until like this movie came out and it was like sure you had a little bit of that but the paranormal stuff actually happened out of nowhere Mm -hmm. so she's playing with the box Mm -hmm. and the whole time that the music is playing it's zooming in on her face it's zooming in on the mirror Mm -hmm. you're seeing this role happen and then nothing happens yeah and the daughter just kind of is like, well, looks like Rory doesn't want to talk to you, Mom. Mom's like, okay. <laughs> and then they play hide and clap. And This is when things really get real. Really get scary because the mom's like trying to hear the daughter and she thinks she's cornered her in this wardrobe. And you can see, but she can't. The hand's coming out of the wardrobe and That's clapping. That's really cool. And then she's like, I found you. And then the daughter runs behind you and is like, I'm not even here. And she's freaked out looking through the wardrobe because yeah. she's like, what the heck was that? I think that effect was really cool, too. Though. You know, there's a lot of effects in this movie that are simple, but, like, really good. I think my favorite is the one with the clothes line when they're outside doing the laundry. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah. yeah. Simple as hell. Nothing, like, crazy CGI about it. No. Creepy. Yeah, I don't know. The effect that it gives is, is very, like, what would you, what the hell would you do if you saw that? A lot of times yeah. it's either too extravagant or too not scary. This one is, like, you're standing there doing the laundry, and then suddenly a figure is in the sheet. The sheet blew away and it like clung to a body and that wasn't there. And then it flings to the window and that body's in the window. Oh man, so good. I mean, we'll we'll probably talk about it again in a second, but it's a really good effect. It goes again to where the kids are sleeping. The one daughter has been complaining every night about the other one playing pranks on her and pulling her leg while she's sleeping. Yeah. This is when she wakes up for real and she's she notices that the sister's not even awake. Yeah. Because she's been yanked really hard. It's not just been like a couple tugs. It's now been she's yanked to the bottom Moved of the bed. Moved her body. Yeah. So she wakes up. She's freaked out and she starts to notice that. The door is moving on its own, and it's kind of ramping up to be this very scary scene. The sister wakes up, and she's like, what's going on? And the door moves, and she's like, there's a figure there, there's a figure, and you can't see it at no. all. It's just dark behind the door. It's truly just the kid looking terrified, and you're like, well, she must see something. Yeah, and the sister doesn't see anything, and she's like, gets up, and is like, well, there's nothing here, and is literally standing behind the door when the other sister who's crying and screaming is like, it's standing right behind you. And you can see this. We watched it with subtitles because it's hard to hear, but the heavy, it says there's heavy breathing. I couldn't mm-hmm. hear it. And then the door slams and everyone's freaking out because she starts to scream mm-hmm. and everyone runs upstairs. And the only one that's screaming and yelling is the, the little girl who saw the figure. Yeah. The other sister and, is kind of just in shock. Yeah. And I was trying to tell you, like, if, if it happened in front of her too, why isn't she also freaking out like the other sister? But so she doesn't, but she does say that the, the figure was saying, I want your whole family dead. Yeah, which, yeah, traumatizing. Mm -hmm. I think in the actual haunting, one of the younger girls, one of the first nights that they were there, one of the things she said was, there's seven dead soldiers in the wall. So it could be like referring to to that, to the kids seeing things in their rooms and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's not in the story, really. It is all focused on Bathsheba. You don't really get a lot of the other ones other than the two that they bring up later. And they're like, they're interesting. I actually was kind of, I actually forgot the entire backstory of this. And I think that's why I like this, because I think what makes a good haunted house film is a good backstory, not a lazy one. Yeah. But so the so it's still kind of going back and forth between the Warrens life and these this family Mm -hmm. when things are ramping up. So showing I think the point of these scenes with the Warrens is to say that, like, they kind of spend their time doing this ghost hunting demonology. And most of the calls they get are usually fake. And I think Mm -hmm. the point is that there's a lot of speculation and theorizing things like that, that the Warrens are just a show. Yeah, right. the Warrens are a very controversial couple. Couple that built uh, and they built a business at the end of the day based on these things that are supposed to be like very personal to people and then sold it to Hollywood. I sold it to Hollywood. 
Oh, you know, that's funny you say that because I was thinking about the Perron family, right? Or mm-hmm. Perron, whatever. At the end, they show the actual Perron family picture in the mm-hmm. Warrens. And this is one of many Warren family movies, right? Yeah. And I was thinking, like, did the Perron family have involvement in this? Like, I'm sure the Warren family did, right? Because... They're the ones who went to Hollywood to propose these movies. Right. So, yes. So, do the families who they talk about also have some sort of say to say, hey, yes, this is true, or we have some sort of... Because I know that Hollywood will expand, will expand and explode mm-hmm. things out of proportion for Hollywood's sake, right? So, I think there is, like... And, again, this is what makes them con- controversial. Like, from every case, there's been people who are, like... They did absolutely nothing. They came one time, put their name on this, and left. The parent family, I think they've only said positive things about the Warrens. But again, the dad kind of kicked them out and like did not let them have full involvement. That's true. Yeah, going back to what you said about how this movie is based on very little of the actual story. Yeah. And then it's um, The Conjuring 2 is about a like, super popular haunting. It's called the Enfield Poltergeist, I believe. Is that the one with the exploding house at the end? Is it? I don't remember. It, you know, was, you know what I'm about? it was the old guy. It's like super funny instead of being scary. Oh yeah, it is funny <laughs> in some scenes and like the thing is that that haunting is like actually pretty cool and I don't think in the second movie it's done as well. As no, because it was hilarious. Movie. Yeah, they had like some funny scenes in there that kind of diluted it a little bit. But yeah, I think after if this we first cover one, it. <laughs> We'll talk about that one. Maybe think, we'll do it next. I think that's why after this first one, I never really took the rest of them seriously as horror because I felt like they were just playing on the, like the, I don't even know how to call it because it wasn't like they were funny. Like the second one was funny, not actually scary. They were, they were really self-aware, I think, in their ghost storytelling. Yeah, that's why this new one that's coming out, I'm curious to see. I think they've said it's going to like kind of return to the actual scary nitty gritty formula instead of being like comedic but we'll see what happens are the cast all coming back do you know i believe so that's good so let's get to like the craziest (laughs) night because we're not even halfway through here no yeah so the this is like right before they call the warrens they kind of have like their final straw in this moment where the dad's like away working because he's a driver the mom is hearing the what she thinks is her daughter is playing hide and clap again, but it's not. Because it's the middle of the night. It's the middle of the night. They sh- they're supposed to be sleeping. And she's following the clapping and following, trying to figure out where it's going. Doors are opening and closing, and it's the cellar. And it slams the cellar door behind her. She tumbles down the stairs. Because she thinks someone's there. She's like, I'm going to close the door and lock you in. And lock you in. And, and it sh- locks her yeah. in. <laughs> and she's like lighting matches to, to try and see. And then, like, you hear a kid's voice. is like, let's play hide and clap. And it claps the, the, the light, light out. Oh, such a cool effect, too. That is a really creepy scene. I think that's one of the scenes I remember most from this movie. And while this is happening, upstairs, one of the girls has started sleepwalking again and, like, thudding her head into the wardrobe. And this has already happened. And the father had told the other daughter that when this happens, just put her back to bed. Mm-hmm. I think I found out that when you wake a sleepwalker, nothing actually happens. It's actually okay that it's a little, like old wives tale that you're not supposed to wake them. Is it supposed to be something about astral projecting your body out of your mm, body? Could and be. It's, not, it's not you in there, it's someone else. A demon's gonna wake up. Well, in this house, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> so the other daughter just kind of like takes her, puts her in her bed and is like, I'll just go to sleep. But the thudding keeps happening after she's taken her to sleep and then the older sister kind of goes to investigate. She opens the the wardrobe and then the little sister has woken up and she's like gasping freaking out staring at something and the sister turns around and it's nothing but then the camera pans upward and it's the first time we see but was it bethesda bat shiva oh i keep thinking Bethes- bethesda is a video game making company <laughs> what a name she has in the first place bat shiva bat shiva 
Sounds very old world. Yeah, I mean, if this if this is supposed to be a witch that was there because of let's say the family that moved in after was eight generations, you're, you're thinking maybe ten or more generations prior. Mm-hmm. It's like what seventeen hundreds. You know, I don't know what the exact timeline was when she was supposed to be alive because when they do further research, they claim that. And again, I love that this is a thing. Once again, we have the they were related to someone in the Salem witch trials. Oh, great! Which again have been. Wildly discredited, well, but obviously on. they're a witch. This is Rhode Island, though, so it's it's close to Massachusetts. It is. It's still New England, so not too unlikely. If it was like California, and you're like, they were from Salem, it's like when they cross country. I mean, it's not impossible because, you know, 300 That's years. That's not my point. My point is, even if they were related to someone accused of witchcraft, <laughs> it's not they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. The fact that they're alive and were in the Salem witch trials means that they probably didn't get accused. For real, for real, right? Because everyone mostly died. She's saying that she was related to someone. Mm. So obviously, if you're related to a witch, you're a witch. You're a witch. Anyway, Bathsheba attacks the oldest daughter, I believe. Yeah, she's like on top of the wardrobe rope. Yeah. And she jumps at her. And the dad, you pointed out that the dad's a truck driver, shows up at night. And mm-hmm. he goes into the house all in all the chaos. The mom's downstairs screaming. The daughters are upstairs screaming. And he's like, what the heck's going on? Could you imagine showing up home and everyone's fucking going crazy in your house? No, that's <laughs> terrible. That is not something you want to come home to. Oh, you're already trying to de-stress, get a beer. And it's even more off. stressful. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like cuts to the scene of the Warrens teaching another class. They actually show this video of a uh, demonic possession. We learned that this is the demonic possession that actually affected Lorraine pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if this video actually exists. When they do this and throughout the movie, because there's the, the cameraman who's following them around, I'm wondering if there's, these are exact reenactments of actual footage that exists. Why not show the actual footage? Well, because like, okay, so oh, now that I'm thinking about it, you said that when they visited, in the real story, when they visited the parent family, that it was just the sands on the left. In the movie, they're taking film reel mm-hmm. in the house. You know, they set up cameras, whatever. Is that real? Is that all, does that part happen too? Is there actual camera footage that can That's be... what I want to know. If there is, why isn't it shown? That would prove any, like, disbelief. Well, skeptics will always be like, it's Photoshop, it's edited, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, it, like, in this scene in the classroom, they claim this dude is possessed and that a cross, like, comes out from his stomach. That's like, if I saw that on film, I'd be like, yep. Is this real? Demons. Yeah. <laughs> right, especially if, it's, if there are skeptics. Why wouldn't you... Show, show that. I don't know. This is why all this is so hard to believe. And this is why they're controversial. Yeah. And this is where he explains the infestation, oppression, possession, possession thing. And we see that Carolyn, the mother, is in the class and actually speaks to them afterwards. And it is basically like, you have to come to my house. It is haunted for real, for real. And they do. And as soon as they walk in, you get the vibe that Lorraine is like seeing things, but you don't know what she's seeing. They're just kind of explaining some things. We get the thing about the door. Yeah, that knocking he asks, three times. Yeah, he's like, if they knock three times, it's a mo- it's to mock the Holy Trinity, the you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. What is stretch? Knock in threes. Yeah. <laughs> what if the ghost has OCD? You insensitive asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about the Holy Trinity. <laughs> and he has a farting problem. <laughs> yeah. What if he just ba- has bad gas? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, because they say that bad smells are a sign of demons. <laughs> I just I have a glandular problem, okay? I just have bad One of the daughters is like, no, it's just me. <laughs> I've had diarrhea for like three weeks. <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> yeah. Could just this is that. her time to like tell everybody in the room. <laughs> shit has gotten too real. She's got to confess at this point. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> 
because they say like demons smell like sulfur and sulfur smells like rotten eggs or yeah. something. What if someone's oh. just been eating a ton of eggs in the house? <laughs> It'd be like that. It really do be like that. <laughs> <laughs> so again, the daughters are kind of like showing them the house. Um, the youngest daughter shows Lorraine the nightmare fuel music box. She mm-hmm. actually sees the little boy. This is the first time we see the boy. And I'm assuming that boy is Rory, right? Yes. Okay. I would also like to point out Again, that Again, four-letter ghost names. Toby. Toby. What was the other one? The one from the Amityville Horror was also something else. J- Judy. Jody. 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 Rory. It's just four-letter names. So what you're saying is never name anything four letters? What like I'm saying dog? is... Yes. What I'm saying is that if we have a kid and they say, hey, my imaginary friend's name is Lucifer. It's like, ah, it's, it's not four letters. It's fine. We're good. What <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if their name is Kyle? <laughs> Then it's probably a demon. It better be an extra Y or L in there somewhere, <laughs> yeah. kid. How is it spelled? Come on. Tell me. <laughs> Write it down. It's spelled K-A-L-E. Kale. That's still four. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Anarchy can't spell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah. Uh, wait, wait, she... wait. I wanted to point out that the Warrens are really snappy dressers. Oh, they are. She's got like a crazy collar going on and they he's wearing are. like his Sunday fucking best. They Three-piece are. suit. I was wondering if that's actually like a real style because it looks very Victorian. I think that is actually how they the, dress. The fluttery neck. Yeah. Because uh, they show pictures at the end and it's kind of how they're dressed. And I think that's another reason they were criticized because it was like. Flashy. Flashy. It was like. Anyway. You, you could tell that it was like money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Man. It'd be cool if, if they could prove. I mean, it comes down to like everything, right? If you could prove that it exists, bro, I'm, I'm all for believing you. Yeah. Just uh, just don't make me not believe But that. exploiting the stories of the people who this happened to without their consent, mm-hmm. that's where it's not okay. They were involved in the Amityville. Right. But uh, that's not part of this verse either. Right? They just didn't get the book rights before the other person did. Yeah. <laughs> so they go through the house and then they do this weird thing where they flash back to what just happened, but we're seeing it from Lorraine's perspective. Oh, because she's like, I saw bodies since the beginning uh because she had seen the boy so she's like when i came in there's been this black entity behind before we me. get to that i want to get is like, that what you're talking about yes but before that part it's like she's outside looking at everything oh yes and then her husband ed comes to check on her and she turns around like super creepy and suspenseful and behind him is the hanging body the hanging body but you just see the like feet and i just want to say patrick wilson king of having creepy things hanging around behind him because this is also something that happens in insidious oh and it's also something that happens in The Watchmen. So hanging. It's blue also penis. something that happens in Aquaman. It's a you know, hanging like, blue penis behind him in Watchmen. He's just the king of oblivious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but okay, yeah. So then she kind of goes back and says, "Like I've seen this thing attached to all of you the second I walked in here." And she shows the actual creepiness, like the black, it's kind of like wavy, yeah, thing attached to the mother, one of the children, or all the children. As we find out later, mm-hmm. that entity is all about attacking children. And then the hanging from the tree, which that tree is a very creepy looking tree. And it's like not any type of tree I've ever seen in my life. It's like the tree from that one movie with the writer. What's the movie? You're like, everybody says this is a great movie. And I was like, this movie sucks. Sinister? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like the like same sinister. kind of tree. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the one analogy I like that Ed makes is that when a and black ent- or this dark entity latches onto you, it's kind of like stepping in gum and it's difficult to get rid of. Yeah, because it's like making it sound like super casual that you get haunted. You use mayo. It's like getting in your hair, you use mayo, egg. What, how, what's the thing to get uh, gum out of your hair? Peanut butter. And mayo? I've heard peanut butter. I don't know oh. about mayo. Hmm. You need some peanut butter and mayo to get rid of your demons. But he 
Yeah, you... I also eat away my demons. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of ice cream, ice cream just makes them come more. Apparently. <laughs> so once they kind of confirm there's this dark entity, whatever, the Warrens are like, we need to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. And while we get prepared, while we do some research to find out what's going on in this house, what the history is of this house, you guys should probably start rethinking, are you guys religious? And the dad's like, uh, I mean, we kind of do things here and there, but we're not like really a church going family. And he's like, well, you should rethink doing that because this is something that uh, is a demon and we are a threat. And because yeah. you're not religious, we're it's going to focus on us. Which kind of like is something I did not realize about this movie. It pushes a Catholic agenda mm-hmm. <laughs> because it does end up happening that because they're not religious, because they're not baptized, the mother does get possessed. But they're doing the research again, kind of giving the backstory of this house. They realize that that Shiva was like one of the original owners of the house. Again, here they straight up just say she sacrificed the baby. The husband found her trying to sacrifice the baby to fire mm-hmm. or something like it was that. It a fireplace or something. Yeah. And he caught her. It seems like she succeeded. She was professing her love to Satan. She professed her love to Satan, then went and hung herself from a tree and died at three 07 a.m. What happened to the dude? I'm sure he just went on with his life. He was like, man, that's fucked. That's fucked. Let's try again because it's the fucking 1800s and you can just start over again. <laughs> no one cares if your wife dies. Mm. I mean, you probably aren't telling people how she died if that's the no, story. No, it's like a rumor that's actually known in in the history of this house. But I'm saying that like the guy probably just wants nothing to do with that kind of reputation. Yeah, no. It's like, it's, for sure. It's not my wife, you know. It's not mine. So I just want to say that this chick sounds metal as hell. She does. <laughs> this chick sounds metal as hell. <laughs> She's just sacrificing babies, professing her life to Satan. <laughs> Out of and, nowhere? There's yeah. like no reason, I think, given. That... And then just hangs herself. Like, that is some hardcore shit. What makes you do that? It's because you love Satan. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I need more than that. I need more, yeah. <laughs> How much do I love Satan? Mm. I don't know if I love him enough to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. But so other stories that are involved, there was a mother and a son who lived there. In the 30s? In the 1930s, yes. And the son disappeared into the woods, and the mother also killed him, killed herself. There's a couple other mentions of other things that have happened. A neighboring maid also killed herself. Mm-hmm. So a bunch has gone on, and they basically make the statement. She's uh, attacking people who have taken her land. Yes, right? she because before she hung herself, she proclaimed like a curse on anyone who would live there, that she was the met- mistress of the land, and no one's going to take that from her. Yes. They go back to the house and start setting up. They set up all the cameras, all these like motion detectors. They put bells everywhere. Yep. And it's kind of a funny scene. It's like a 1970s ghost adventures. It is because just everything's set up. They're, you know, they got a cop, I think, to help them out. There's Drew, the cameraman. Right? Which is like their student, like their their intern. And the it's kind of like a sweet scene. They're all eating together. And they're like, all right, well, now that we're done with, with dinner, let's all go get some ice cream and just prepare for tonight. And the mom stays because she's been tired. She hasn't been feeling very well. They're preparing for that night, but also the night before they had like some light paranormal things happen but nothing crazy so they're like let's just take a load off go get some ice cream whatever yeah. so all the kids go and the warrens uh stay, stay to help out they stay and the mom stays too to take a nap and this, this is, is when everything kind of starts to kick off for yeah sure. because this is when we get that really cool scene with the sheets because mm-hmm. they're outside talking and they're having this very superhero moment thing where this is when it all starts because Ed is starting to say, like, let me just do it and you can stay here because of what happened to you. I don't want anything to happen to you ever again. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, like, superhero thing. I'm not going to let you do it without me. And It's you know, the beginning of that. Yeah, for sure. So she's left outside and she's fixing the clothes. It gets very windy. 
Very stormy. The sheet shoots off, like I said before. There's a figure in the sheet. Shoots up to the second floor window. It slides across, and there's a figure in the window. Mm-hmm. Pan to the mom sleeping. She wakes up choking out of nowhere. Screaming. Screaming. And there's... The witch Be- on top of her. I wanted to say Bethesda. Uh, Betsaba. <laughs> Batsheba. Batsheba. <laughs> Batsheba's above her, and she is puking blood in her mouth. Disgusting. Amazing. Yeah. And, like, Lorraine runs upstairs and is like, is everything okay? And the mother's like, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> uh, you you asked, why would you say that? Why would you people? say everything's fine? They're literally paranormal investigators there to deal with this kind of thing. But I think the point is that she's possessed at this point, And the demon or whatever is, is telling her, telling to, her say to, that. to say that. Yeah. So... Kicking it off back to, you know, things are kind of getting weird again. Lorraine experienced something at the last exorcism. We get the cop, Brad. Here's a woman. Here's Brad. a woman saying she made me do it, and it's the maid that they talked about earlier. Because she has cuts on her wrists. Yes. So clearly claiming that Batsheba made her kill herself there in the house, and now she's trapped there. Um, yeah, the camera's going off. Because the... Cindy has started sleepwalking again. Yes. And they don't show you the pictures at that moment, but they say to leave Cindy. Cindy alone because something's following her. She's not the one triggering off the sensors. And she disappears into the wardrobe, essentially, and they're trying to find her. They're trying to get into Cindy's room. Yeah. Because the door slams, and so Drew is listening to the audio that uh-huh. they've set up, and they can hear the voice that says, I'll show you where to hide or something. Follow like me. That. It's safe. Yeah. Yeah. They basically end up finding, they follow like the UV light, and they find her in a hole in the wall. And so it's behind the wardrobe. They Lorraine pull her goes out. to investigate. Yeah. And she falls all the way from the all second the floor to the, the basement. <laughs> Fucked. Yeah, and she doesn't break her leg like the girl in the descent. <laughs> Just saying, she's a professional. <laughs> uh. <laughs> a professional what? Leg breaker? Holly is a fr- professional. Yeah, leg she breaker. was supposed to be a professional cave diver. No, no, you need to be a professional demonologist. <laughs> Jesus has got your back. You will not break shit. <laughs> Falling through these yeah. <laughs> fucking stairs. <laughs> Yeah, um, she falls all the way to the bottom. It's a very long scene. It looks like she's falling endlessly. <laughs> and uh, so she's downstairs. She hears the music box. And she sees this scene play out through the music box where the mother is actually holding Rory, the little boy. And the mother is like, she made me do it. And this is where we learn that the boy didn't die in the woods mysteriously. The mother actually killed him mm-hmm. in the house and then killed herself. Yeah, so the demon has been making the women kill their children. This is where... She learns that because she eventually, um, with Batsheba, like, floating towards her, hanging, mm-hmm. her feet floating. So creepy. Oh, yeah. Imagine a hanging body just, like, floating at you. No. It sucks. I she's, like, hiding to. under something, right? Or is it just made to look like... She's hiding under, like, half. a table. Okay. I was like, yeah. I don't remember seeing the top half. You could just see the feet hanging yeah. and coming closer. So, but, like, so she, Lorraine basically decides that she's feeding off of Carolyn. And so they need to leave because mm-hmm. it's feeding off of Carolyn. And Nancy's hair, like when they're doing this, Nancy's hair suddenly gets pulled up. Oh, yeah. They, they play toss the child with Nancy. Um, it's so chaotic. And she's getting thrown around. She gets thrown into some glass. Everyone's trying to catch her. Catch her. Lorraine grabs some scissors and, and just, just cuts, cuts her, her hair. hair. And that solves the problem. <laughs> right. Couldn't the ghost just grab more hair? Or her whole head. Yes. <laughs> but so they all try to grab her. Lorraine cuts her hair. They bring proof to the church, basically saying, like, yo, it's it, this is real. Yeah, they've but, like taped all of this and are showing it to the father and the father's like this family's not in my parish this family's not baptized this family's like i have to get a rule from the vatican like every and they're like really yeah let's not talk about catholics and their rules (laughs) and then he at the end he's like fine i'll freaking do it and then we get a scene back to the warren's house that is insanely covered in floral print 
even their daughters it's covered the in floral print. It's the seventies. It's too much. But so she's hearing noise, right? Because they keep. Oh, was this before or after uh, Lorraine had already seen Jody's body in the water? It's happening simultaneously. You get the hint. Lorraine is seeing her body in the water because her daughter is like out. about to have like a, a paranormal experience. Which again, the jumping back and forth between the Annabelle doll because you were saying that uh, there's an emphasis on Annabelle in something you had said earlier and. This animal, Annabelle thing is almost like a side story. It's a setup. It's definitely setting up the next movies. Mm-hmm. Because Jody. I also think it's their most famous case. Yeah. The Raggedy Ann doll. And they want to, like, capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. So Jody starts hearing things at home. She's with her nana, her grandma. Yeah. Uh, she goes door to door, and she goes into the room with the objects. The door is open. And she gets scared. Because when she when she gets scared, she comes out and she sees kind of like a darkness approaching her yeah. down the stairs. And she's screaming and screaming and Lorraine seems to feel that. Yeah, and like they are heading home at this point. It's like, I was afraid that she was going to get scared and run into the demon room full of more objects. But no, she runs into like her parents' office or something. Yeah. But it doesn't end up being the right choice because the the woman is there combing Annabelle's hair. The two demons just chilling, you know, having a good time. Hey, you want to join us and play? Yeah. yeah I'm Chucky. You want to play? <laughs> Ooh. We'll do that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she's the old lady sitting with Annabelle. I thought it was like an old lady. Uh, I think it's hinted there. that it's like Bathsheba or um, even the mother, Carolyn. Like, it's already her possessed. It's something like that. Mm-hmm. The girl's in this room and the like chair is moving and the parents at this point are here because she's screaming for her grandmother she's screaming for her grandmother her grandmother's like what the hell is happening and then she screams for her mom and the mom's like already there in the driveway but like she's like something's wrong and they run in and um ed warren breaks down the door and as soon as he breaks down the door is when the chair gets flung oh yes at the daughter and here he comes with his you know dad reflexes because he like yanks her back like in the nick of time i don't think that would really happen i think she'd get smashed with the chair you haven't heard about dad reflexes and how they're just impossible there's also like the failed dad, dad reflexes there is you just drop the baby even there's further. like the super impressive <laughs> videos of it and then the like fails yeah but he's one of those pop the impressive ones yes <laughs> so uh but anyway they the mom leaves with two girls and they get the call yes because they had told them to get out of there and stay at a motel and that, at that moment, they get the call that the mom has taken two of the kids back to the house. Mm-hmm. The two girls are scared. It's Christine and April. The ones like, that I would argue have had, like, the most paranormal experiences happening to them up yeah. until that point. And they're asking the mom, like, where are we going? Why are we, why are we leaving? And so they're heading back to the house. Everyone shows up. Carolyn's about to stab one of the girls with scissors in mm-hmm. the basement. Mm-hmm. And they all tackle her. They get the girl. They put her in the car. Yeah. I think it was, April. I think it was uh, uh, the intern. Christine. Christine. Christine's the one that's put in the car. Yeah. The intern takes her, Drew. And this is when the, the, the climax of the whole movie kind of happens. Yeah, this is where the exorcism um, happens. And there's this part where, like, they're trying to restrain her and hold her down. And she bites off the cheek of the cop. At that point, I'd be like, yo, I'm done. I'm a cop. I'm not here for all this. Yeah. They did try to leave. They tried to grab her and take her out of the house. But mm-hmm. she starts to... This is cool, too. The house isn't letting her leave, or the witch isn't letting her leave. And, and so as they try to bring body. her out the front door, it's yeah. burning her body. She's got lashes on her arms. And the rain's like, a, it's not letting her leave. What I thought was cool is the, the line on her neck, implying she's she was hung. hung so the, yeah. she's got the hung, the hang or rope damage on yeah. her neck. And so Lorraine is like, we can't leave. The witch is or not going to let her or she'll her. die. Brad gets bitten on the cheek when they're back downstairs. They tie her with rope. They and this is one of those things of like that you pointed out about the weird hero moment. It's like 
peak weird hero moment here. <laughs> They're going back and forth like, I can't do this without you. Lorraine, you need to leave. I'm going to do this by myself. And she's like, no, you can't. God brought us here for a reason. And it's very dramatic. And I wish you didn't point this out to me because <laughs> it kind of like puts a downer on the movie for me. <laughs> Well, because I was trying to think, like, okay, let's say you're the dad, right? Because the dad's there. Roger is mm -hmm. there. The wife has just been handcuffed, roped, and covered in the sheet on the table, on the chair, and is convulsing and screaming and shit. Yeah. The the cop is like, has his cheek bitten off. You, the dad, are standing there, like, what the hell do we do? And the people who are there, able to do something, are fighting each other about, no, you go, no, I can't, and you're like, fucking, someone do something. That's yeah, I'd be like, both of y'all need to fucking sit your asses down here. I called you for a reason. <laughs> Y'all need to stop. Ain't one, nobody one leaving. Of you, both of you. I don't care who does it, but one of y'all has to do this right now. You're so right. I didn't even think about the dad's perspective. Because <laughs> they're fighting in front of everybody, and it's like, okay, look, if y'all, if both of you, whoever needs to leave, leave. But we need to do this now. So anyway, they, uh, Ed is like, we need to do the exorcism. There's no time for us to wait for the priest. Yeah. And Christine is in the car. Kind of goes by. This is a quick. April deviation. is missing, and Drew is looking for her. Drew is looking for her. Christine's the in the car. And a bird smashes through the car window, and birds start to smash through the house windows, and Drew is Swarming. freaking out, too. Yeah, I hate birds, so yeah, this is terrifying. <laughs> this whole exorcism is kind of cool because she, under the sheet, pukes blood. blood onto the sheet, and Ed is trying to continue the exorcism. And it ripped, the sheet rips, mm -hmm. and it's like, he's like, show your face, and it, like, her face comes out like a demon, mm -hmm. right, or, or the witch, but, uh, Bathsheba. Uh, yeah. And the dad is like what the heck that's not my wife but this is something i brought up to you while you were watching is so the dad is like stop it you're hurting her and whatever and i'm like what's the point of telling them to stop if the person that you love is convulsing and this is happening to them because the exorcism is working because yeah, the demon's inside them yeah stopping's not gonna do it it's gonna stay in them so yeah. i don't know i don't know the point of saying that either but uh she her face is through the dad is like what the heck that's not my wife and then we get some like crazy out of nowhere action movie scenes where the like wardrobe how many wardrobes are in this house oh he does a barrel roll barrel roll <laughs> and then it crashes on him and then fucking bad shiva's apparently locked and loaded with the shotgun and shoots at them and one of them like dives and pushes <laughs> them out of the way i'm like damn this is an intense exorcist was this before or after she broke the chair this is after no this was before because then after it like flips over Okay, because I was like, how'd you get the shotgun? It, it was in the the cellar. Oh, so the shotgun. Okay, I was like, I didn't see this. What is <laughs> Bad Shiva get a gun? Yeah, that's how crazy the scene is. You don't even, like, realize it's happening. So uh, the mom, Carolyn, is still in the chair. The, Levitating. She starts to levitate because everything kind of calms down. The house mm -hmm. has been going insane. And everyone's kind of just watching. And she, the chair flips and she hits the ceiling. Mm hmm and starts to smash into the ceiling, and then just drops, and the chair breaks. Because he's like, let her go, let her go. So she falls. Miracle, she doesn't fucking snap her neck. Because yeah. that's what would have actually happened. You think so? Yeah. It's like an eight-foot, it's it's like eight, ten-foot cellar high. You wouldn't fall. You wouldn't break your neck. If it, you're dropped straight down? Listen, Nancy <laughs> in Nightmare on... Or no, who was it? Nancy? No, the... Oh, it was Nancy. No, did Nancy throw herself out a window? No, it was uh, it was um, Alice. Sally. Sally, yeah, Sally, Sally threw herself out a second story window and didn't break anything. Yeah, but she wasn't tied up. She could have protected her extremities. I don't know. Second floor. I'm talking that she was just on the ceiling, maybe like six feet up, eight feet up. <laughs> okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> Point is, <laughs> yeah. it's not safe to be possessed by demons. No. <laughs> While this is going on, they find the daughter for some reason in the floor. Oh yeah. And it was the same hole though, wasn't it? Where she. 
where uh, Rory had supposedly shown her was a safe space. So there's like this whole like system within the house that is kind of discovered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While he yells like, "Oh, I found her!" The demon like races towards the child because it the just must kill again. children. Yeah. There's like this weird scene of like yelling the prayers at her and then the husband telling her that she can't do this that she has to fight the demon and then i pointed out that lorraine warren has the same powers as um edward and bella's daughter in twilight (laughs) where she can touch people and make them think what they she wants them to because that's basically what she does she like touches carolyn and makes her remember that this is her fucking family and that's what like drives out saves her bat shiva this moment was kind of cool because then I don't it's know so why, chaotic. Why did they wait till this? Because like, right, it's it's not very long after she escapes. Right, Ed was doing the exorcism, and it's like at the same time that Lorraine grabs her forehead, Ed is like, it's silent. And it's like Betsyba, and she turns, and it's actually her. I condemn you to hell. And then she's like, ah, and then yeah. Lorraine grabs her forehead. I'm like, why didn't you do that over there in the room? Y'all could have done this 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Saved us a lot of trouble. Yeah. What I want to see in these, like, types of movies is that she has been, like, getting away with murdering all the spirits in the house. So it's, like, I kind of wanted to see, like, Rory come and fucking try to fuck up Batshiva at some point. It's not Harry Potter. Okay. Why Harry Potter? When they connect wands. Remember, you can see all the dead people at the end helping yeah, him that's kill what I friggin Voldemort. Want. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. You're you're also a spirit in this house because of this bitch. Revenge. Don't you want revenge? Yeah, that, there's movies who do something like that, though. Aren't there, there is. I think it has been done in a movie. I can't Where remember which one. Whatever the demon spirit was or the evil spirit was at the end gets like dragged down by the other spirits that they killed. Yes. Yeah, this, it happens a lot. I think I can't pick. I can't like point a movie right now, but I've seen that. Which is cool. No, I agree with you. It'd be cool to see the like them get, them get some closure. Because what happens? You. <laughs> what happens when you get rid of the, the witch and or condemn her to hell? The rest are still there. The rest are they freed as well? Because she was the one keeping them there. That's true. I, mean, I guess we could dive into like spirits and, and what yeah what what keeps you here because it's it's always been well at least what I've read is that unfinished those spirits business. Are, or unfinished business you know purgatory is earth because you're stuck here until you can absolve of your, yourself of whatever you had left to do here and so yeah maybe that maybe killing Bethesda or putting her to condemning her to hell releases them from the house but at the end I don't know do they stay there or do they move out well in real life they live there for ten more years oh I imagine that if they drive out the the evil force then you know they're so, okay to stay there because yeah. they told them like if you move anywhere the spirit's gonna follow you kind of mm-hmm. i know in the real haunting the situation was more like yes Bathsheba was haunting the mother but it, it was also because she was like romantically interested in the husband and there could only be one lady of the house oh really yeah that's weird that's not at all in this no but how we, could she be romantically interested in the husband if she professed her love to satan is the husband satan maybe he dun, kicked dun, out dun. the warrens <laughs> Oh, there it is. <laughs> we solved it. <laughs> Plot holes. Um, the last sequence we get is pretty much they've taken the music box and put it in their Hell cabinet hole. of curiosities. <laughs> and it starts playing on its own when they leave the room. And instead of showing the little boy in the background, it shows Annabelle. It does? It does. Oh. It's a little boy. I didn't see anything. It's the shadow of Annabelle. Mm, in you the... saw Annabelle and I didn't see anything? You're haunted then. Well, that's fine. Did it really? I didn't see that. I, was, I actually wrote down, I just wrote down, it stops playing, long pause. Yeah, you get like credits. the reflection of Annabelle in oh. the uh, the cabinet. I thought that was just on purpose. I thought it was just because she was there. I think it's done on purpose because she Focus. becomes like a really big part in their universe later. Okay. 
that's the movie. What did you think? I would rate it. Do you still love it? I do still like I do think it's still done pretty well. I think I'd give it an eight and a half out of ten. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I agree. I'd say eight. It's better than Amityville, for sure. Oh yeah. Way better. I think the I think the the haunts are cool. The sheet scene's cool. The hand clapping in the wardrobe is cool. And again, not crazy effects that make it over the top, you know? No. And if you look at the the original story, unlike the Amityville one that's kind of like unbelievable, very unbelievable, this one at least has some sort of like meat to the story to to make it so that it's like, is it real? Is it not real? Yeah, I think they the just better yourself. developed it in this one. Yeah, because we said Amityville had, you know, lack. It had the potential. It's a great backstory for a haunting for sure. But like the way the movie was done, I just don't think was executed well. No, no. And the dog dies in this one. Sad face. Actually, in Amityville, the in like real life, when they moved in, the dog also dies. They just didn't do that in. Harry's not alive. This movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> that movie gets a four out of yeah. ten now. <laughs> yeah, but no, this one's good. I like it. So I'm glad you still like it. Because I, I know you always tell people. I mean, you definitely um, brought down the rating for me with the superhero with moments. the superhero cheesiness. <laughs> yeah, but so do you want to talk about what scared Loki this week? Sure. It was actually pretty funny because it was the grandfather clock in the movie. Kind of sounds like a dog barking for some reason. <laughs> it did. Yeah, that's weird. And it scared him. <laughs> yeah, he thought there was a dog in the house. Yeah. So, but he'll get over it quick. It's a good thing grandfather clocks aren't a thing anymore, really. I mean, you could still get one if you wanted one, but I think they're uh, very old and techy and loud as hell. They are. My parents had like a mini, 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 mini one in their living room, and I could hear it from my bedroom. My grandma hated had it. one, and it was super loud. Yeah. And so, creepy. you want to tell us about it, Logue? Sounds good. I promise we won't buy a grandfather clock. Maybe. No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, is that it for this week? That's it. Play us out. Okay. As always, we hope you guys had a good time here. You can follow us pretty much anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok at Shaken Not Scared Pod. If you want to send us an email, our email is shakennotscaredpod at gmail.com. You can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting sites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, a bunch of others. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We got some ratings on Apple. That was exciting. Yeah, but we can't see them. We can see the ratings. I don't think anyone wrote an actual review. So if you can write an actual review, that would help. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Let us know if you did it so we can give you a high five. And a shout out on our socials. Yeah, thank you. So, okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.